You're listening to the sermon podcast from Meadowbrook Church in Cheyenne, Wyoming, with Pastor Keith Miller. Today we'll be reading from the first chapter of Luke, and if you're at home watching, if you would please stand uh, to honor God's word. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country, a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, and why is it granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord." You may be seated. So every uh, weekend here at Meadowbrook, we uh, recognize one of the missionaries that we support. And today we are recognizing Stephen and Kelsey Haddenhurst with crew in Indianapolis. And they have a few prayer requests that, you know, as you're praying this week, just remember to lift them up. Uh, So one is that their students aren't coming back to campus now until February. And kind of like we've probably all experienced, they're um, experiencing anxiety and depression, and uh, the Haddenhursts are just kind of recognizing more and more in in their students. So please make sure to lift those students up in your prayers. Uh, They also pray for boldness for these students to reach out to other students who are lost and and don't know their Savior, that they would come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And then finally, Stephen is putting together a live concert for prisoners that ultimately will reach thousands of people. And so we just want to lift that up and make sure that we're covering that in prayer so that that carries forward. Um, If you would please uh, bow your head in prayer with me as we prepare for today's teaching. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to gather either together here or remotely and come to learn more about you and gather together as a church family. Today, we especially lift up Stephen and Kelsey Haddenhurst and the great missionary work that they're doing in Indianapolis. Uh, We just pray for their students as they're experiencing anxiety and depression, Lord, that you would just cover them with your spirit and your love. Um, and that they would also be emboldened to reach out to others. And finally, we lift up uh, the concert that Stephen is helping to put on uh, for prisoners that, you know, they would be drawn to you and that you uh, would just pour your spirit into that, Father. Uh, We lift up today's message uh, and just that it would touch each one of our hearts so that we can carry you out into the world with us. We lift this up in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. morning. Happy almost Thanksgiving. Nobody's going for that. Uh, just a shout out to the ladies, Hannah, and, and I'm, I'm assuming they're all ladies. I, but if there are guys too that helped set this up, they, they did an awesome job. I thought this really looks cool. So we're starting a new sermon series um, titled Unto Us, which is uh, Basically, my goal, my hope for you is I, I just want your, your heart to soar through this sermon series. Uh, there's a, a, a lot of just crappy things that are going on in our world. Uh, I mean, I think on Tuesday, the, the uh, restaurants will be reduced back down to 25% capacity. Uh, that does not affect 
places of worship. Doesn't, it does not affect churches. But it, it's kind of um, dis, disheartening in a lot of ways. We thought maybe we would be over this by now, but that didn't happen. So uh, we're going to do this. I'm going to do this sermon series, and we're, each week we're going to unpack what does it mean for a son to be given, like the son, Jesus Christ. What does that mean? Uh, for us. So like next week, I'll talk about the Lamb was given, the Lamb of God was given. And then the, the week after that, the, the shepherd, the great shepherd was given. The week after that will be this, this priest uh, was given who meets us where we're at. And so we'll, each week leading up to Christmas or Christmas Eve, we'll, we'll be unpacking what it means for the Son to be uh, given. I do have a few announcements before we uh, get started. Uh, many of you remember last week we prayed for Sean. Uh, Sean actually, uh, he passed away, so he, he didn't survive his wounds, and uh, he's in heaven. So um, continue to pray for the Reed family, pray for Sean's mom. Um, there are a lot of people grieving uh, right now. The other thing I wanted to uh, make you aware of is that... Uh, you know, we thought when COVID kind of happened that this would, it would last maybe a few months, three months, four months. It doesn't look like there's any real end in sight right now. So this doesn't affect everybody that's here in the second service, but in our first service, which is at 8.30, for those of you watching the live stream, we are making our first worship service at 8.30 a mask mandatory service. And now here's why. Uh, because we have brothers and sisters who are part of our Meadowbrook family who cannot come or enter into an environment where some people are wearing masks and others aren't. So we want to provide a place, a space, for, for our brothers and sisters in Christ who need to wear a mask and need others around them to be wearing masks to be able to come and, and, and experience worship. I mean, because it, it kind of stinks just hanging out at, house, at the house all week long. And... Uh, and we need each other. And so this is one way that we're going to uh, provide a, a space for, for those who, who um, can only come if, if everybody's wearing a mask. What that means is in our first service, even when folks are sitting and singing, we're asking that they will wear a mask. This doesn't apply to the second service or the third service. It's just for the first service. So anyway, that's, uh, if you have any questions... Uh, and you feel like emailing me, make sure it's not an angry email, that it is a, a, reg, a, a legitimate email. I will answer it uh, or call or whatever. I'll be in the office for the rest of the week. I'm joking. I don't think anybody's going to send me angry emails, but it is uh, 2020, so <laughs> you never know. Is everybody doing well? Healthy? You know, last week I, I thought I was feeling really miserable because I only had two hours of sleep. Turned out that I was sick. Um, so I got tested for COVID. It was the, first, it was the fourth brain swab that I had uh, since I call it the brain swab because that's what it is. I have a very clean brain right now um, for the amount of swabs that I've had done. But I'm, I didn't have COVID, so thankful for that. I didn't succumb to COVID 2.0. Um, I already had it once. In fact, when I saw the doctor, I had a fever, and he said, uh, you know, he said, you already have the antibodies. What are you here for? I'm like, I don't know, because I just want to be, 
I want peace of mind. And he said, okay, well, you should be good for a year, but we'll, we'll, we'll do the, the swab. And so came back negative. I don't know what I had. I think somebody said at the conference we went to in Arizona, COVID is now the younger brother we blame everything on. And so that is so true. So if you have a runny nose, immediately, what do you think? Do I have COVID? Uh, a cough? Do you have COVID? Uh, it's flu season. Uh, every, like 40% of people in the United States are going to think they have COVID. So all that to say is uh, I got more sleep last night, and um, I'm still a little under the weather, but I don't have a fever, so that's good. But I did write my sermon manuscript. Part of, part of it was written while I had a fever. So I'm just going to say, like last week, anything could happen. Uh, same thing with this week. I uh, only claim partial responsibility for what I'm about to say. No, I'm joking. Kind of. All right, so I had a conversation with somebody from Life Choice Pregnancy Center a while back. And, and annually, they have this big, awesome, amazing banquet where they, it's like their big fundraising thing that they do. If you don't know what Life Choice Pregnancy Center is, you, you should become familiar with it. They're really a great ministry. They do a lot in the city of Cheyenne, uh, just ministering to, to women uh, with unplanned pregnancies, just not sure you know, how they're even going to get by. Um, they're doing a great work. I, I, I really believe in what they're doing. But because of COVID, you can't, you can't do big banquets right now. And, uh, and so in my meeting, I said, well, why don't, what if every church kind of picked a Sunday and they, do the, they did a Life Choice Sunday, just called a Life Choice Pregnancy Center Sunday, and we make uh, available an option for, for our congregations to be able to give or donate uh, something to Life Choice Pregnancy Center. So... It should be on our website. I haven't looked at our website this morning, but it, but it will be this week if it's not already. An option on our front page to be able to give to Life Choice Pregnancy Center to support what they're doing. Like many nonprofits, they're you know they're feeling the effects of COVID nineteen, and um, and so I just wanted to to uh, make you aware of that. So I originally was going to start this Advent sermon series next week, and I thought, well, why don't we just look at the, the incarnation, the, 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 this miraculous conception of Jesus um, via, you know, through Mary, who was a virgin. So let me you know, I'll unpack that and have that as the message to address the sanctity of life and just what does it mean to be a human being and, and the miracle that is the incarnation as we enter into this Advent season. And so that's, that's so I'm starting Advent. A little, I know Advent doesn't officially start till next week, but we're starting it a week early. Uh, and we're going to look at uh, the incarnation. I don't know how many of you remember the sermon series I preached leading up to COVID. It was a series on identity, like who am I? Uh, in that sermon series, I talked about personhood and, and what does it mean to be a human being? And we spent weeks just unpacking that, and I really, really enjoyed uh, preaching through that sermon series. If, you're one, if you want to know more about per, the whole personhood theory, you can just go to our website and, and read some of the sermon manuscripts in that series. 
But here, here's the deal. We live in a world that attributes worth to a person based on what that person is able to do. Okay, that, that's the world we live in. That a person does not, and, and they separate personhood from, from being a human being. So you are only valuable based on how much value we place on you in terms of personhood. So, so where this is leading in our culture is it's, um, it's already led to abortion on demand because that person does not, a person is not a person until the mom or some outside source or force places value on that individual. Uh, if you're born with a, uh, you know, with a handicap, like Down syndrome or whatever, you can terminate the pregnancy because you're not really a person yet, uh, according to our, our, the world that we find ourselves in. Um, and they separate personhood from what it means to be a human being. So that's why our culture can say, well, you're not a human being until after the first trimester is over. Then it was, well, you're not a human being until the second trimester. Or now, you're not a human being until, well, birth. And then in some cases, you're not a human being until we say you're a human being. Um, and and it's, it's crazy what, what we're seeing. So Ralph Warnick, who is the senior pastor of Ebenezer Baptist Church, uh, who's running for Senate. Right now, I think that in Georgia, it's, or, um, or it's highly, highly contested. Nobody knows who won from what I, last I read when it comes to the Senate's seat that was available. Uh, he is uh, a Democrat who supports uh, abortion on demand. And he was asked, why, you know, how can you reconcile your role as a minister with your position on abortion? And he said, well, I don't see any, any dichotomy there. I don't see any issue there. In fact, this is what he said. He said, um, or he labeled the right for a woman to abort her child as reproductive justice. That's what he said. Uh, also this week, Elizabeth Warren said that she was proud of the lawmakers in Massachusetts who just voted to legalize abortion for any reason up to birth. And then our pre our, uh, the president-elect looks like he's going to be our president. Uh, Joe Biden said that he will make abortion the law of the land, as well as his, you know, in agreement with his, his, the vice president-elect, and that, um, that it is the constitutional and moral right of any woman to abort her unborn child. So this whole sermon is not on abortion. <laughs> All I want to say is this, is when we look at the incarnation, and when you read through the Bible, never, never, and I say that dogmatically and as emphatically as I can say it, never is the unborn child uh, regarded as anything less than a human being. That's a bold statement. And I, I, we see it in the, with the incarnation. So I have three points. Uh, originally, I was going to call this sermon, I, I would title this sermon a different title, and I ran it by the staff, and I ran it by my family, and they said, no. In fact, I got this really look from my, a weird look from my oldest son, he said, that's just awkward, Dad. And, uh, and, and so originally, my sermon title was called Jesus Was a Fetus. 
I just wanted to say something that was, sounded weird and got your, atten your attention. It does kind of get your attention, doesn't it? But I listened to the collective wisdom of the staff and my family, like all of them. They all were like, no, don't, don't do that. And I said, okay, I won't. And then as I was writing my sermon, it was during the, time, the part where I still had a fever, I thought, well, my, my first point can be Jesus was a fetus. And then I thought, no, I'm just going to stay away from Jesus was a fetus. I, I, as I thought more deeply about it, I never refer to my unborn children as fetuses. Like, I don't know if you have, but I, I have. It just sounds weird. And it, it kind of, it just sounds like it, it, demean, it sounds demeaning. Um, so my first, the first point is Jesus was an unborn child. So there we go. He was an unborn child. Uh, when, when Mary found out that she was going to have a child, uh, the angel Gabriel visited her and said, you're going to be the mother of the Messiah. The person that was spoken about in Isaiah chapter 9 for unto us a child is given, for, uh, for unto us a child is born, for unto us a, a son is given. Like that one, that one who will balance the scales of justice in our world, who will set up his kingdom, the, um, the, the, the mighty counselor, you know, the, the almighty God, the prince of peace, that one you're going to give birth to, Mary. And then what was her response? How can this be? Why would she ask that? Because she was a virgin. Like the, she, she was familiar enough with Greek mythology that the only types of virgins that get pregnant miraculously are are the are the characters in stories. This this is not a this is not re, like reality in in Mary's brain. Like this, so, she asked a very legitimate question. It wasn't that she doubted God. It wasn't that she thought that God couldn't do it. It's just she asked how. How can this be? Like, I, I'm not even married yet. And uh, as, the, uh, as Gabriel said to her, he said, well, uh, that's, that's an easy answer. See, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you, and the power on high, you know, it will make it happen, and you will be pregnant. Which, um, I mean, we're given just enough details in the Bible about what, is, you know, what has happened when you read through the pages of Scripture, but there's so much more outside of what we're told that happened, I would have liked to have been a fly on the wall when Mary told Joseph. Like, what kind of conversation was that? When she walked in to, you know, knocked on his door, because they weren't living together, right? And they were about to get married. You know, knocked on the door, Joseph answers and said, hey, I have, I have great news for you. I'm pregnant. But don't worry, the Holy Spirit got me pregnant. Like, like how does that work. And we're told in Matthew, Joseph said, that doesn't happen. So he quietly decided, I don't want her to be shamed or ridiculed, but I'm going to divorce her quietly because, because virgins don't get pregnant by the Holy Spirit. That just, that doesn't happen. came for, for Joseph and Joseph said, okay, uh, then fine, I believe it. And he wound up being the stepfather of, of Jesus. But in order for Jesus to be born, he had to be an unborn child. And, and as you read the story, not, not once 
Is Jesus, you know, is he referred to as a, a bundle of nerves and, and, and tissue? He is a human being, and as the cells were coming together miraculously, Mary's egg, her, her legitimate egg, was fertilized somehow by the Holy Spirit. Don't know how all that works, but it, it happened. And as she, this baby started to form in her womb, you know what? Jesus, this unforming child already had a name and already had a purpose. Like God, had, like he was the Messiah. And everything about him was going to be human. Everything about him, but yet without sin. That's why I've said, I've said this, you've heard me say it, that to be human is not to be sinful. To be, you know, we as humans are cursed, but the definition of humanness is not flawedness. That's the result of sin. And so Jesus was every bit 100% human, but yet without sin. And that is so critical for, for the role that he would uh, fulfill on earth. That's why you've heard me say over and over again, some of you may even be sick of hearing this, that Jesus, what? Lived, God said, Jesus lived the life that we can never live. He lived the perfect life, and he died the death that we all deserved. He, the only reason why he was able to live the life that we could never live is, is because he was the perfect human being. He was also 100% God. Now, um, we'll unpack that as we move, move ahead in this whole sermon series. Unto us a son is given. And, uh, and I, I think it must have been really difficult for Mary to be able to, to have to carry this child that was unplanned for her. Planned by God, unplanned by her. Certainly wanted by her, and uh, Joseph certainly stepped up to protect her and to protect this child, but, but it must have been really difficult. I mean, Mary, she lived in Nazareth, so did Joseph, and like Nazareth was not very big. It was the size of a football field, about the size of a football field, with about 400 people who lived in Nazareth. Do you know how fast news travels in a town of 400 people um, that's no, not much bigger than the size of a football field? Fast. Like when you read through the gospel accounts, every once in a while, you'll, you'll read this question that was asked of Jesus by the religious leaders. Is this not the carpenter's son? Wink, wink, nod, nod. <laughs> like he was born out of wedlock. Like Mary and Joseph, they, before they were married, they were shacking up together. And, uh, and so news travels fast. I wonder if maybe Mary, I mean, she was told that Elizabeth in, her, in Elizabeth's old age was pregnant, and this was a miraculous thing also. Uh, but I wonder if part of the motivation of Mary fleeing in haste or leaving in haste to go hang out with Elizabeth is maybe because with Elizabeth it was safe. Right? Like, like Elizabeth understands Nobody else understands. Like, we're not told anything about Mary's parents. And my guess is, they didn't understand. And so she 
and visited with Elizabeth. And here's the marvel. This is kind of where I was geeking out a little bit. Um, Mary, as Mary you know, enters into Judah and, and, and approaches Elizabeth's house, she, she, she begins to talk and greet. And, and Elizabeth, when she heard the greeting of Mary, we're told that John, who was in, like Elizabeth was in the second to third trimester of her pregnancy, John leaped in her womb. So you know what that means? You know what the Bible's telling us? That even in the, in the second trimester, John could feel something <laughs> emotionally. Like something, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know everything that was going on there, but something happened and it was important enough that the gospel writers needed to include it in the account. Elizabeth said, you know, my, the baby in me leaked. And Mary, Mary was in her first trimester. And, the, and, and, and so whatever was going on there, John in, in the second or third trimester leaped in response to this child that was forming in the first trimester in Mary's womb. You ever think about that? Like, like the, the rabbis of old would say, you know, what's in the text is important, but also what's not in the text is also important. And, uh, and what's going on here is really, really significant. And so Mary visits with Elizabeth. They, you know, she visits for some period of time. And... Um, and what we discover is that what's in both the womb of Mary and in the womb of Elizabeth is not just fetal tissue. These are human beings that are being formed and shaped for a purpose and for a mission. Which leads me to the second part, and that is Jesus is a person. Now, I struggled with, do I say Jesus was a person or is a person? Well, he's both, and I just settled on is a person uh, when Mary visited, was visited by the angel, she was told this, and the words will be on the screen. She said, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Like he's got a name. As those cells are coming together, he already has a name. And he will be great. As those cells are coming together, he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary was troubled, and so and asked the legitimate question, how? <laughs> And the angel said, well, this is how the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And everything that Mary experienced during the pregnancy of Jesus was, was, what, it was everything that you experienced if you were ever pregnant with a child, right? Like when Mary like, was pregnant, legitimately pregnant, she most likely got sick. Uh, she probably ate weird food, like my wife did. Like, anybody pregnant before? No, nobody? In here? Okay, did you ever eat weird food? Yeah, I mean, like, why are you eating that? Well, uh, okay, I don't, uh, it's a stupid question, because you're pregnant, right? And you just develop these appetites. Mary did all that. 
And as Jesus was for, being formed and, sh- and, and, and grew inside her womb, you know what else she experienced? She saw his feet press against, from the inside of her womb. She saw his hands, you know, push. Uh, Jesus was forming and being shaped. Why? Because in every way, Jesus needed to uh, be able to identify with us, and he needed to be 100% human if he were to live the life that we could never live and die a death that all of us deserved. He needed to be 100% human and completely sinless, but at the same time, God in flesh. And he was all those things. He had a name. He was told that he, it was said to Mary that he will be great. We're told in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, these words. Let's read this together. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. You know, what that passage means, is it doesn't just mean that that Jesus resisted the temptation to sin. It means that he experienced fully what it was like to be human. Like after he was born, well, well why he was in the womb, here, here's a newsflash, ready? Why he was in the womb. Jesus wasn't quoting Old Testament passages. You know that, right? Like he didn't even know language at that point in time. Like for the first time in human history, God took on human flesh. The Bible tells us in Philippians that, he, that, that Jesus humbled himself. And what that means is he took on the form of a servant. He humbled himself. He gave up the right to know everything as a member of the Godhead. Now, the Bible says that that's a mystery and it's hard to wrap our minds around, but he did that. And while he was in the womb, like he... he had every, uh, he experienced everything that every unborn child experienced. Yet he was without sin. And then when he was born, do you know what happened? He cried. <laughs> like every child that gets, that's born is angry when they come out of the womb. <laughs> Why? Because it's uncomfortable. It's unfamiliar. Like that, that Christmas carol, no crying he makes, is baloney. <laughs> like he cried. He cried, and here's the other thing. As a human being he had, he, uh, who humbled himself, uh, he was dependent upon Mary. He had to be breastfed. He had to be burped. And when he got old enough to be able to handle regular food, Mary probably chased him around the house trying to get him to eat. There were foods that he probably didn't like, and there were foods that he really liked. And... Uh, and as a boy, he experienced mostly what boys experience. He ran around, probably had friends, fell down, scraped his knees, bumped his head on the, on the, on the, on, on the dining room table. You know, like all that stuff. Jesus experienced, but yet without sin. So that he could identify with us. Like I, I read a book, and I'm going to unpack this in the sermon series in the next uh, week or two, but as, perfect, as a perfect human being, sinless, he, he, he rubbed shoulders with sinful human beings. And, and here's what we learn from the gospel accounts. He was not disgusted by us. He came to meet us where we were at. That's the story of, of redemption. That's the story of Scripture. Like, 
God took on flesh to meet us where we were at, never once sinning, never and never disgusted by the people he came to save. And, and, and uh, Jesus' interaction with people, like he was known for, for hanging out with tax collectors, prostitutes, and, and, and other people that the religious leaders didn't want to be, even be near. Like, when Jesus was born, he cried, he needed his diaper changed. Like, he, all those things he experienced. And he lived out his, his humanity perfectly from the moment of conception. Um, that the uh, personhood of the Bible is it assumed that a person, uh, the, that the uh, personhood of an individual and their physical body are two separate things. They're both the same. That's, that's what it means to be a human being. And that uh, our value our value is attributed to us by God. And no human being, no human being has the right to say otherwise. And, um, and I will go to the grave on that one. And I mean, I've, I just, it's, I see it all over the scriptures. Which leads me to the third point, in that Jesus is the son of God. So, he's, so he was an unborn child. He uh, He's a person, personhood, fully human, and that he is the son of God. The angels, you know, after Mary gave birth to Jesus, the very first individuals that were invited to experience the birth of Jesus were not the kings, were not the, the, the people who were known or, or the socially elite. It was who? The shepherds. It was the shepherds. Do you know why? the shepherds were invited to experience the birth of Jesus because these were the kinds of people Jesus came for. He didn't come for the kings. He came for all kinds of people. And, this, and, and, and so the very first individuals that were invited into his very first throne room, which was the manger, were shepherds. And as the angels appeared to, to, to the shepherds, they said, they, the shepherds were told this, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for how many people? All people. What kind of people? All people, right? People like you, people like me, people like the shepherds. For all people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And lying in a manger. Think about this. How many of you know John chapter 3, verse 16? Raise your hand. You're familiar with it, right? Most of you are familiar with it. Let's say it together. You can say it in whatever version of the Bible you memorized it in. I'll say it in the ESV. But ready? For, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Who did he give his son for? The world. What kind of, uh, of individuals in the world? What kind of creature? Human beings. Like God, in, in looking down upon sin-cursed humanity, was willing to make this, the ultimate sacrifice 
by sending his son in flesh on our behalf to die for us. Why? Not because we deserved it, but, be, uh, but because we bear the image of the living God from the moment of conception. From the moment of conception. The Lord of heaven took on human flesh. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 4 says of Jesus' nature that not only is he 100% human, but that he is God. It says this, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us perfectly by his son. That's the point. He, this is the best revelation of himself was in the person and work of Jesus, his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world, he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. He upholds the universe by the word of his power. And after making purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to the... This was Jesus before the is more excellent than theirs. And so this was Jesus before the incarnation, before he took on human flesh, but the, for the first time... In all of history, and for the first time in, all, in God's experience, he took on flesh. That's the, that's the mystery of the incarnation. To redeem sinners like you and like me. So that we could be reconciled to God. And um, how many of you have heard the song, Mary, Did You Know? Like You're going to hear it on the radio for sure, right? After Thanksgiving, probably Thanksgiving Day when you turn on the radio. Mary, did you know, will probably be on there. Uh, and it will probably be on, on secular radio stations, and nobody will know, really understand what's being said there. But think about the words of that song. Mary, did you know that your baby boy is Lord of all creation? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day rule the nations? Did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect lamb, the sleeping child you're holding, is the great I am. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name Prince of Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So the reason why I believe John leaped in Elizabeth's womb when she heard Mary's voice is because Jesus in his first trimester of development and John in his second or third trimester of development were not animals, but human beings. The only difference between the two babies was that Jesus was perfect humanity whose deity allowed him enabled him, qualified him to die for all of mankind. John's role was to prepare the way for Jesus' ministry. And Jesus lived this perfect life. <laughs> um, my guess, he threw off the curve in school. You know, he was pretty, pretty smart. He was known as, he, had, he developed the reputation of being a rabbi. Um, but before that, you know, Jesus wasn't hanging out in his mom's basement waiting for the whole Messiah thing to work out. Like, he, he, was, he grew up working. Like, he, he learned the trade of his stepdad. He worked with his hands. You know what that means? 
He got up really early in the morning, worked all day to provide for his, his mom and his stepdad, and he, went, he came home tired and fatigued with calluses on his hands, maybe blisters. He went to bed early, most likely, and got up and repeated the same thing the next day. And on occasion, he taught in the synagogues, and, and he was known for somebody who had a pretty good handle on the Word of God. But then somewhere around the age of 30, he went public with his ministry. I don't think... How many of you have ever seen the movie The Matrix? Some of you. Okay. Don't worry about it if you've not seen it. But for those of you who have seen it, you'll appreciate this. Like, I don't think God said, okay, it's time. I'm hitting a download button. He, he's going to know exactly who he is as the Messiah. I think Jesus, uh, part of him humbling himself, uh, involved him learning. It was a process of unpacking and discovering who he was as the Messiah. That was part of the humbling piece of taking on human flesh. And he did this all for you and for me. And one of the things that the Incarnation teaches us is it teaches us this, that human life from the moment of con of con since the moment of conception is valuable. I mean, Psalm 139. This is why I don't get how people can read the Bible and say the Bible endorses abor uh, abortion. Psalm 139. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. That you and I are valuable as persons and as human beings because there is no dichotomy in the Bible regarding the two. Because we bear the image of the living God. And this is why God sent his son to die for you and to die for me. Think about that. Human life is precious. This is why God moved history and time to redeem lost sinners through his son. And um, no one, no one has the right or the authority to say otherwise. So when I think of the pastor in Atlanta, Georgia, and when I hear things like what Elizabeth Warren said, how proud she was of the law that was passed in Massachusetts, or when I hear our future president say he's going to make abortion on demand the law of the land, the verse that comes to mind is Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness. The incarnation teaches us a lot of things. And one thing it teaches us is that God loves you. He loves you warts and all, flaws and all. He loves you. And he's not disgusted by you because, because he saw fit to send his son to die for you in your place and in my place. That he took on flesh and rubbed shoulders with sinners, prostitutes, tax collectors, people that the religious leaders of his day were absolutely disgusted by. Jesus hung out with those kinds of people. And why did he do it? Because, because of who you are and who, who, who I am image bearers of the living God, human beings who have value and worth 
because of how God formed us and shaped us and purposed us, separate from the animal kingdom, with purpose and design, made to worship him and to know him, unlike the animal kingdom. And, um, and that, those are some of the things the Incarnation teaches us. In the weeks to come, I'm going to unpack that. And just my, my hope and my, my, my prayer for you is that you'll be encouraged going into this crazy, ridiculous Christmas season, not knowing what's going to happen next. I want your hearts to be encouraged that, that um, if you're a Christian, you, you, you know, God, God has moved time and space so that you can know him. And that is one of the messages of Christmas. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for our time together. Thank you for your word. And thank you for everything that the incarnation teaches us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Meadowbrook Church Podcast. For more information about our church, visit meadowbrook.org.